everybody, it's Sam Jacobs. Welcome to the Sales Hacker Podcast and to Friday Fundamentals. We have an exciting couple of weeks for you. What we're going to do is something a little bit different. The episodes over the next three weeks on the main show are all these live recordings that we did when we were on a boat in the middle of the Hudson River. But for Friday Fundamentals over the next three weeks, what we're going to be doing is bringing on my friend and Revenue Collective member, Colin Cadmus, who, if you are on LinkedIn at all, uh, Colin is one of those people that has something really insightful and interesting to say pretty much every day. And he always gets like a thousand likes, which is irritating to the rest of us <laughs> who are all trying to build up our following. But, but, but in all seriousness, Colin has insights that he's dropping on LinkedIn every single day. So I thought it would be amazing to get Colin as, as a three week guest on Friday Fundamentals because he has so much, so many insights about how to grow and structure a sales team, how to motivate a sales team. Uh, so we're excited to have you. So Colin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having we're excited. me. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to have you over over a three-week period, so people are going to get to know you. So before we dive in, we want to thank our sponsor for Friday Fundamentals, which is our corporate overlord, Outreach. Outreach triples the productivity of sales teams and empowers them to drive predictable and measurable revenue growth. By prioritizing the right activities and scaling customer engagement with intelligent automation, Outreach makes customer-facing teams more effective and improves visibility into what really drives results. And you're going to be hearing this over the course of August. Outreach is doing their Unleashed Summit series all over the country. They're, they, I think yesterday, which is when we're recording this, which is August 2nd, I think they were in San Francisco. They're going to be in Atlanta. They're going to be in New York. They're going to be all over. So pay attention to that. But for today, we've got Colin Cadmus, the VP of Sales from Aircall. Now, Colin, uh, for this first Friday Fundamentals, where you're our guest, we want, we want to know your baseball card. So first, can you just tell us a little bit about, A, yourself, your title's VP of Sales. Give us a little bit of a bio on Colin Cadmus. Yeah, sure. So VP sales at Aircall for the last 10 months. Uh, prior to this, I was VP sales at doctor.com. And prior to that is where I really got into sales. Um, I had coming out of college, spent my first four years in retail management. I graduated in 2008, which was the peak of the recession. If you were trying to hit the job market, then it wasn't easy. And we didn't have many options. Most of my friends were back in their parents' basements, you know, just looking for any way to scrap together some money. And I was fortunate enough to have an internship turn into a job offer to be a store manager at CVS Pharmacy. So I started my career there, did that for four years, learned a lot. But the biggest thing that I learned is that I didn't want to do that forever. And that's uh, that's what if you've ever worked in retail, you you know where I'm coming from. It's nights, weekends. It's the pay is really low. There's there's not a whole lot to really enjoy in the job. And so I eventually decided to grab a U-Haul and pack up my whole apartment from Rhode Island. I was 26 years old. I moved back to mom and dad's house and kind of knocked on the door and said, hey, I'm unemployed. Uh, I just bailed out on my, my lease. I have no money and I need a place to stay. <laughs> and so I spent the next six months soul searching, figuring out what I wanted to do. Sales has always been kind of an, a natural thing for me, but sales means a lot of different things, right? What what are you going to sell? And I had no idea. So went to work one day with my brother-in-law, who was the director of sales at College Humor. And it was the first time that I walked into sort of a startup casual office. I had never, I had no clue that this even existed. And I walk in, see all these people in casual clothes at their stand-up desks, you know, talking on the phone, giving each other high fives. There's ping pong tables and like kegs of beer and all of this stuff. And I can't believe that this is a place of work and these people are earning money and having fun. And I knew right away I, I need to do something just like this. 
of course, I asked my brother-in-law for a job and he said, no way, you need, you need experience. So I said, what kind of experience do I need? He said, go get a job cold calling uh, at a smaller company and go from there. So I, I hit LinkedIn and, and started searching and came across a company called Single Platform, met the VP of sales, Adam Liebman, who I know you know well, a founding member of Revenue Collective. And Adam and I hit it off right away. I knew I love this guy's energy. I would love to work for him. I don't even think he actually wanted to hire me because he was hiring people straight out of college. And I was sort of this outlier who had four years of weird, irrelevant experience. But we hit it off and I got the job and I came in and just was laser focused. And I said, I'm, I'm going to be the best person at this, at the, in this sales organization. And I'm going to take full advantage of the opportunity that's here because single platform had just gotten acquired for a hundred million dollars, literally the month before I started. So I knew there'd be huge growth opportunity. And I knew this was my chance. If I was ever going to be able to make it in sales, this was it. And so I just stayed laser focused every day. I absorbed everything that I possibly could from the people around me. There were about about 30 salespeople at the time here in New York. And, you know, I just soaked it all in. I, I worked long hours and I just stayed laser focused every day. I didn't get distracted by the social scene in the office. Uh, I wasn't, uh, I was there for one reason and it was to become successful in sales. And so, I cranked away for 10 months straight as a top salesperson and then finally got the opportunity from Adam to take over the sales training aspect of the organization, which to me was that was the, the sort of the catapult into sales leadership. We were hiring 10 to 15, sometimes 20 people a month. I know you know the single platform story really well. And so to be able to take that over and be in charge of hiring those people and training them through their first three months of the organization, that was huge for me. And I realized right away training and leading salespeople for me was even more fun than just being a salesperson. I, I knew that's what I wanted to keep doing. I knew I wanted to, to, you know, I aspired to be like Adam. I wanted to be a VP of sales and uh, eventually found the opportunity to go to doctor.com and then from there to, to air call. And so that's, uh, that's how I got where I'm at. I love it. And, uh, and I, you know, we're going to have you on the, on the full show sometime because I want to dive into your background, but, uh, just to be clear, I don't think, uh, retail experience is irrelevant. It sounds like you've learned, you know, you, you've, you've earned every single thing you've ever got. And, uh, and that's, that's the American dream. And it's also just damn impressive. So we're excited to have you on the show. Let's give you just a quick opportunity to plug AirCall. What is AirCall? Why should we buy AirCall? Tell us more. Sure. So AirCall is a cloud-based phone system for businesses. And our differentiator, what, what we are doing here is we want to be the phone system for every single team in the company. There's a lot of phone systems that are built specifically for certain teams. So you have phone systems for sales teams. You have phone systems that connect uh, specifically to Zendesk for your support team. Our goal here is to provide one phone system that plugs into all of those tools so that everything's tied together. You're able to transfer calls within departments. You're able to, let's say you have a, a salesperson who moves over into a support or a CS role. They don't need to then get set up on a whole new system with a new phone number. So that's that's our big differentiator. And then of course, there's the basics of, of cloud phone system, which is the flexibility of being able to set up a call center or set up agents with numbers remotely in any country with phone numbers calling from anywhere, all that good stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, it's been a fun ride so far. It's a huge demand for what we're doing and we're, we're killing it. So it's been fun. 
Yeah, I think uh, give us a just, I mean, you really are killing it. It's a French company for all, for folks that are out there. They have sponsored the Sales Hacker podcast. But by the way, that's not why Colin gets to be on the show. Colin gets to be on the show because he puts out amazing content. But give us a little bit, whatever private information that you're comfortable sharing just about the momentum, because it really is pretty, pretty wild. You and Jeff Rakers, another Revenue Collective member who's VP of Marketing, are just doing some great work over there. Are you guys past 30 million in ARR? Uh, We're in that ballpark. We're in that ballpark. Yeah. So we, we were founded in 2014, we've raised about 40 million, uh, a little over 40 million to date Series B, probably looking to do a Series C, I would say, towards the end of the year. And then our goal is IPO. Our, our CEO, our founder, we are laser focused on on an IPO and, and getting there. You mentioned Jeff Reeker, so I have to throw this in there. A large part of the reason I came to work at Aircall is, is meeting Jeff and seeing the marketing engine that he has created here. 70%, I'll give you a little inside info here, 70% of our deals come inbound. They come to us. And for a sales leader, that's a dream come true, right? Uh, To be able to scale at the rate that we're scaling and and have 70% of our business coming to us, asking for help for things that we can help them with, uh, that's pretty exciting. So we get to spend the majority of our time in the sales org talking to people who want to talk to us, which is the hardest part of the game, right? And so part of what I'm doing is is trying to reduce that number, not by reducing our inbounds, but also conquering outbound and building out that channel so we can also help the people who who don't know to come to us, who, who our marketing efforts maybe aren't reaching. And that's how we're gonna take it to to the next level. That's fantastic. That is absolutely awesome. Last question before we get into the official question for today's episode, but you're putting out some amazing content out there. What's your strategy? Do you have a, do you have, have you built, you know, are you one of those people like, well, every morning from 4.30 AM to 5.30 AM, I think, and I meditate. And then from 5.30 AM to 6.30 AM, I, I draft my insightful LinkedIn post. How are you creating such amazing content and getting such great, great engagement? Where are these ideas coming from? Good, good question. I, I do not meditate. I've, I've tried. I kind of, I, no, you know, kudos to those who can. I've tried so many times. I, I, I can't figure out how to shut my brain off like that. I really wish I could. I've tried the Headspace app. I've tried all of those things, and my brain just keeps going. So I, I need some help there. I probably could, could benefit from that. But, uh, but no, I don't do that. I'm, I'm not one of those, you know, wake up early and run five miles, hit the gym super hard kind of people. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I wish I was, but I'm not. So for me, with with the content, with LinkedIn, actually just about 10 months ago, almost about when I started here, actually it was around January, I met with someone who does consulting for sales teams and teaches them how to leverage social. And you know, I was meeting with a lot of consultants and just getting ideas. I was still new at Aircall and, and trying to see if there's other people that could be helpful to me that I could learn from. And I had a conversation with him and I was, I'm a, I was a big, you know, naysayer. I'm like, uh, this seems like BS. I don't know. People posting a bunch of stuff. It doesn't. What does it do for the business? Seems like a big waste of time. Seems like it's very, uh, almost narcissistic. That was my view. Is like this is all about the person. It's not about anyone else. And he challenged me. He said, he said, first of all, you're completely wrong. And and he challenged me back. And he said sharing content is not about yourself. It's about the people uh, who need to see it and who will benefit from it. And you know that people need to see or need to hear what you have to say simply because of the job that you're in and the things that you do and the fact that you've been relatively successful at it. So imagine if you could amplify that across the 18 million uh, sales and support and success people, you know, customer facing people that are on LinkedIn, would that make you feel good? And, And he got me thinking, I said, 
well, yeah, I guess so, right? But uh, but I still don't think anyone wants to hear from me, right? Who am I? I haven't IPO'd some big company. I don't have some crazy story behind me. And he said, I challenge you to do it for 30 days. Post once a day during the week for 30 days. And I guarantee you, you'll get traction. And I guarantee you, people will want to hear what you have to say. And I took the challenge and I went for it and I downloaded, you know, the the buffer app where you can schedule out some posts so that I could manage my time and not have to, you know, pour boatloads of, of hours into it each day. And in terms of coming up with the content, for me, that's the really, really easy part. I love sales. It's on my mind every second of every day. And there's always something new happening when I walk into the office. And usually what inspires the post is probably something that happened within the last few days or the last week right here that I'm able to take that lesson. And, and try to communicate it and see what people think about it. On the other side, some of it is things that I'm kind of playing around with in my head that I'm just curious to see, do people agree? Or is there another side of this that, that I'm not considering? And so for me, that's very beneficial because instead of just assuming that I always know everything, I can throw a thought out there and get a lot of feedback on it really quickly. And uh, many of the people who comment have, have changed my mind on things or opened my, my eyes to seeing things different. So there's, uh, there's an infinite amount of benefits from it. And uh, that's kind of what's driven me to, to keep it going. Well, it, it's, um, it's awesome. And uh I, I had the same conversation with two people. Maybe these are the same two people. One was Max Altschuler and the other was Jake Dunlap. And both of them said, you know, it's not about you. It's about sharing. And if, and if a couple people get something good from what you're sharing, then, then maybe it's a good thing. And that really yep. flipped my whole mindset around LinkedIn. And I was a little bit of a hater. And now I kind of think it's the best social network there is because it's only focused on positivity. It's, it is, you know, there's great self-help stuff and there's bad self-help stuff, but it's not the same thing as Twitter where people are just shitting on each other the whole time. And everybody's a, some kind of on a spectrum of evil from the other person's perspective. LinkedIn yeah. seems like a more positive place. Yeah, it really is. And it's focused on, you know, things that actually matter. You, you scroll through like your Facebook or your, your Instagram and I'm on there too, a little bit, but like it's nonsense, right? Uh, you, you don't, you don't come off a half hour of scrolling through one of those platforms and, and come away with a better person or a smarter person or, or with a new viewpoint on something. But, uh, I don't think there's a, a minute I spend on LinkedIn where it's not opening my mind or, or teaching me something. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I come across, I come away from Instagram feeling envious. Uh, that's the main main feeling I get. So, uh, yeah. and, and LinkedIn, I'm always learning something. All right. So, yeah. first of all, Colin, thanks for that that long that long uh, prologue. Sure. Um, we're here on Friday Fundamentals. Thanks for those of us that have made this journey into the 15 minutes so far. But we've actually got some great content, uh, LinkedIn worthy content from Colin. So, the first question for this week that we're going to ask you is, what do you think about remote sales roles, remote work in general? Give us your your thoughts on both what you think about it and how to make the most of it potentially. Cool. Great question. So I'll talk specifically to remote sales. I think it definitely differs for, for different departments, uh, whether it's engineers or, or recruiting or something of that sort. But for remote sales, or, or I'll say even for on the customer side, right? anything customer facing, whether it's CS, onboarding, support, if you're doing phone support or, re or remote sales development or AEs or what have you. Remote can work, but uh, I, I see most of the, the companies that I see doing it are not executing it well. And so I 
have some strong thoughts on it. I think first of all, if you're if you're an early stage company, and by early stage I mean you're not enormous, you're not a giant yet, you need to pick one or the other. And I say this based on experience that I've had at my last company where I tried to do both. And what you need to realize is that remote sales is a, it's a unique beast in and of itself. It requires a different type of salesperson who's going to be self-motivated, who doesn't need the energy of the office around them, who doesn't need quick access to answers to questions or live coaching, things of that nature. They need to be able to drive themselves. And the leadership that you need to be able to manage a team of remote people is an entirely different leadership profile than someone who manages a team in the office. The skill sets are incredibly different. And so I think the first step is you need to pick what's your strategy. Are we building a remote team? If we are, let's build everything around that. And I can get into that. Or are we building a team here in-house? And if we are, let's design our process, our training, you know, all of our tools and our culture even around how we're going to make that work. And so I think location has a lot to do with that. For us here at Aircall, we have two offices, one in Paris, one in New York City. We invested a lot in the offices. They're, they're pretty massive. We have plenty of seats. And so when we make that investment to be in these major cities, we did it for a few reasons. Number one is the talent, right? You're, you're, you're paying to be where a lot of talented people are. Uh, and so you need to take advantage of that. And so for me, hiring remote workers for that simple reason alone doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, we have everything that we need right here. So let's do it under one roof. And and we get to take advantage of all of the advantages of having people together where they can collaborate, learn from each other, etc. If you don't have that luxury and you're not in Paris or New York City or San Francisco or one of these major areas, and in order to attract the talent that you need, you need to be flexible. That's where remote can start to make sense. And in that case, build your whole company around it, build your whole process around it, your leadership team around it, etc. To give you a, a few of the specifics of what personally drives me crazy, I take a lot of demos, always signing up for, for new tools and looking for things that can help my team. And so constantly taking demos of new things specifically because I'm still in my first year here and building out our stack. And so I've sat in on a lot of these demos and what, what drives me nuts is when a remote AE is obviously remote. And what I mean by that is you shouldn't know that they're remote. You shouldn't be able to see that. It immediately, for me, and uh, it, it devalues what they're pitching to me when I can see that they're in their bedroom and I see like their laundry in the background or I see their kitchen or I hear their dog barking, that gives me this sort of subconscious feeling of I'm not dealing with a company. I'm dealing with this one person in their bedroom and makes me uncomfortable. I made a post about this recently and of course it's controversial and there's people on both ends of the spectrum, but uh, that those are my thoughts on it. If you are going to do remote, set the reps up properly, get them ridiculously strong internet connections. Make sure that they're plugged into Ethernet so that when they're on Zoom or when they're on AirCall or whatever they're using to talk to people, they have a strong connection. That's the number one thing I, I see people working remote, they have terrible connections and it impacts the demo uh, horrendously. Invest in good webcams, get them two monitors so that you know they can see their demo and see their notes, etc. Have a good desk set up for them so that you're not staring up their nose hairs from the angle of their laptop webcam. Get them a good headset so you can hear them well. And I think the biggest thing that makes a big difference is get them some sort of backdrop or have them positioned where there's a wall behind them so 
so that, again, you're not looking into their house. It's incredibly distracting. It's the last thing you want someone paying attention to, but we can't help it. Our eyes wander. And if we're looking at someone's house, we're probably not paying as much attention to uh, to the demo. So anyhow, I have strong opinions on that. But if you go remote, set the reps up for success in that way. I love that. And uh, last question for today. Preference on the best headset? I like the Jabra 40. It depends on what phone system you're using. They'll usually recommend whatever's best. Jabra 40 is really good. It's affordable. It's about 120, 130 bucks. You get them on Amazon and you can plug it in either USB or you can pull it out and plug it straight into your iPhone. So uh, I love it. Awesome. Colin, thanks so much for being on Friday Fundamentals. If folks want to reach you, I'm sure they can on LinkedIn, but remind us how to spell your name because that's probably the best way to find you. Sure. Yeah. LinkedIn is great. Uh, My name is Colin, C-O-L-L-I-N. Last name is Cadmus, C-A-D-M-U-S. Awesome, Colin. We'll talk to you over the next two weeks. If you want to reach out to me at samjacobs, linkedin.com forward slash the word in forward slash Sam F. Jacobs. Thanks again to our partner Outreach. Thanks for listening to Friday Fundamentals and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Sam.